0: It's FOX Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on FOX Top 5, John Rich. Rich. The spirit of an independent songwriter to me is a mirror of the American spirit. And Joey Jones.
1: Jones. Our unique freedom is probably 100% responsible for our unique impact in the art.
0: Come together to share their top five American songwriters. Here are this week's hosts, John and Joey. Welcome to Fox Top 5. I'm John Rich, host of The Pursuit on Fox Nation. And today I'm joined with former United States Marine and Fox News contributor, Joey
1: Jones. How you doing, brother? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for uh, having me on here. I'm excited about this.
0: It's going great, man. I just want to say I'm so proud of you and uh, seeing you all the time on television and, and reading what you're saying and what a patriot, man. We need, we need people like you out there speaking as much as you possibly can, keeping people, keeping people up to speed with the truth, right? The truth has got to make a comeback at some point.
1: The truth is all we have, and I, I, I'm humbled by the kind words. I really am.
0: Every week on this podcast, Fox hosts, reporters, and personalities get together to share their top five of any given topic. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. It's a day to honor the men and women who have died while bravely serving our country we are incredibly lucky to live in a country that is as free as the United States. And although it seems we disagree on almost everything these days, something that brings this great nation together is music. So in honor of Memorial Day, Joey and I are going to share with you our top five American songwriters. Joey, you're a big music fan, right?
1: I am. I, I love music. I love the words. I don't have a a rhythm. I can't clap along in church. I have to keep my hands apart because it'll mess our body up. I have no rhythm, but I have a huge appreciation for music.
0: So I would think maybe a guy like you, you probably like a little rock and roll every now and then, a little country music. Any one particular you seem to gravitate towards?
1: You know, I was born and raised country. 90s country is a soundtrack to my life, but people ask me what I'm listening to. I say, I don't know. What am I doing and what mood am I in? Because I'm going to hit everything.
0: So '90s country. I mean, if, if you were listening to '90s country, I got so I got out of high school, and right out of high school, I got with this band, a bunch of dudes from Texas, and we thought, hey, let's call ourselves Lone Star. Do you remember the first time you heard that band?
1: I do, I do, I do. That's a band right there.
0: Good old Texas country. So I'm I'm a '90s '90s fan too. Give me some Joe Diffie, Tracy Lawrence, Shannon Doa, Restless Heart.
1: Come on, man. You're getting there. I I like all of those. I mean, probably. Alan Jackson as a Georgia boy is probably the pinnacle on 90s. And then maybe take a step back, you know, my dad is a big influence on the music I like, and it was all Keith Whitley. And uh, oh, I think I, yeah. that man's king right there.
0: Yeah, Keith is king, no doubt about it. You know, I've, I've been able to meet guys like Ricky Skaggs and some of these guys that knew Keith really well. What a guy. So, you know, all these great songs and, and artists we're talking about, it all starts with a song that's that's a big thing here in Nashville as they say it all starts with a song you can have the best singer in the world and if they don't have a great song who cares? nobody cares if you don't have a great song so you know Nashville is the songwriting capital of the planet. People come to Nashville from all over the world to, to write songs and um, it's really one of those crafts that you never totally master you always try to get better at it you can always beat what you did the time before and for a guy like me who is a songwriter you know i keep lyrics up hanging around my house just reminding me hey john if you think you're good go read that lyric again so this is an awesome podcast to do to talk about songwriters so we're going to do our top five i'll start with you number five what's number five for you on the list
1: you know, it's almost heresy to not put this queen at the very top, but I, I kind of arrange these as their influence on my life rather than just overall best. And so starting at number five, but always at the top of the list, Dolly Parton. Hmm. That's, uh, you know, I, when I was doing my research because I did some research here. Um, you know, I love that she said she sees herself as a songwriter first and foremost. and I as a guy that writes what I feel in 500 or a thousand words for you all that do it in what looks like 50 words and little lines that put all that emotion. Dolly Parton's it. Code of Many Colors would be the song I would go to. My mom always played that. It really was probably a soundtrack for her life a little bit. And um, I'm always happy to remind the Whitney Houston fans who wrote the song. So Dolly's my girl.
0: Hey, exactly without Dolly Parton, Whitney wouldn't have had that to sing. You know, I'll give you a a little background on Dolly. So, you know, Dolly's always made up, always got the hair, everything going on. You know, if you ever noticed how long her fingernails are, (laughs) <laughs> so I, when I met her for the first time I said I said, "Dolly, how do you play a guitar with fingernails that long?" And she told me that she tunes her guitar to an open chord, meaning she can just strum it without putting her left hand on it and it makes a chord and then she bars right. it with her fingers so she can do, you know, E A D, she can do the ma- the major chords. And if you listen to a lot of her songs, you're not going to hear a lot of fancy chords. It's a lot of three-chord songs coming from her and next time you watch her play watch for that because that's how she plays
1: that's super interesting and and for me i like that because i the fingers i have left aren't super uh maneuverable i guess so i've kind of got the long fingernail syndrome too where i would have to do something similar but uh don't you guys say three chords into the truth isn't that the 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 formula for a great song
0: that is that is i mean they don't have to get fancy in country music just tell us like it is that that's what we love you started off with the fireworks show with dolly parton man that's awesome <laughs> so i my number five is a songwriter named roger miller so roger miller if you go back to the early 1960s through the early 1980s roger miller if you have never listened to him anybody listen to this podcast go look him up I call him the Robin Williams of country songwriters. Remember Robin Williams come out with this comedy and it's just talking as fast as he can and it's brilliant. And like, it's so insane. It's just perfect. So Roger Miller was kind of like that as a songwriter. And, um, you know, he wrote songs like, Dang me, dang me, they ought to take a rope and hang me. High from the high yeah. woman, won't you weep for me? do 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 so that and uh, trailers for Sailor Rent. Mm-hmm. Run <laughs> That's all Roger Miller. And I've, I've been able to meet a lot of my heroes in country music, songwriters and artists. But one of the guys, if I could have picked one guy to have really hung out with and written a song with would have been Roger Miller.
1: That's awesome. Roger Miller. Roger I Re- love that. I love that song. Actually, both of those songs you just sang, I recognize. And I <laughs> think that tells you how country I am. There you go. You, you're the real deal. <laughs> number four what's number four alright so this one I cheated a little bit I'm sitting here with a with a buddy that's a country radio personality and I was like man I love that song Tennessee Whiskey but I think the guy I think wrote it isn't a very popular guy sometimes and he's like no he recorded it first the guy that wrote it was Dean Dillon and I said okay well let me look up Dean Dillon and then it's like are you kidding me Miami Miami that's that's Keith Whitley I know that song like the back of my hand and then I don't know how many George Strait songs exactly. and uh, and so but Tennessee whiskey what a song you know I love the George Jones version and then what Stapleton's done with it so Dean Dillon sings some songs that I can relate to
0: Well, that that's also the mark of a truly great song is that it can be recorded in different ways by different people even in different generations and it still be a great piece of music, you, you know. When you said that about Dolly Parton, "I will always love you," perfect example. That's a song that that's timeless. I've always said a classic is something that people love it when it's brand new, but the older it gets, they love it even more. It ages, it ages well. It becomes more popular the older it is. Yeah, Dean Dillon's a monster songwriter, man. That's awesome. So my number four um, might might surprise you because he's not a country guy, but I think Don Henley. Wrote some of the absolute yeah. most brilliant songs of all time. Hotel California. Yep. Uh, one that was an album cut, was never a big hit, called In a New York Minute. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. Go look up Don Henley, In a New York Minute. I just think the talent that man had, you know, playing drums and back there writing these lyrics. One of the most difficult songs I ever played and sang was Hotel California. It has a nine chord progression, which means... Country music's three chords in the truth. Try nine chords moving in a circuit, and the whole song, you know, uh, the whole song is the same exact progression. It never changes. And so, to play that, you have to memorize all that. And then there's five verses. <laughs> so, wow. after the first time I ever played uh, Hotel California, I was 21 years old playing bass guitar in Lone Star, stepped out at a packed house at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas. I know it. And played hotel california and I, I thought i was gonna i thought i was gonna pass out man from the pressure but uh don henley one of the all-time
1: greats i, I can't disagree with you there you know i was thinking about this and i was like eh, everything's country but it's like you know what if everything's country that's because they just know what they're doing but there were a few that popped out and don henley was certainly one of them i think um i don't know like hotel california is that a song? Is that kind of like Free Bird? If you do it in at the uh, piano bar, they got to pay twice. Is it that kind of song? Is it uh, that complicated?
0: It's 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 more complicated than Free Bird by a long. Wow. I'm telling you, it's nine chords. So, it, it, and I was playing it on bass. So what's and singing lead on it. So I'm singing on a long, not highway, cooling in my hair. The bass is going ba da da ba ba da ba da ba da. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's chord number three, and you got to keep going. So it's this syncopated rhythm on across nine chords with five verses. <laughs> it's a marathon of a song, man, and one of the most challenging songs I ever learned to play. And it's anybody that would create something like that is an absolute genius.
1: Well, he's got my respect. Number three. All right, what's number three for you, big fellow? All right, this one, I don't know. I have only met the guy once. But he's a Georgia boy And I'm a Georgia boy And I remind people all the time There's a there's a fella named Corey Smith Down here in Georgia Who writes some outstanding songs And uh, he has a song called Every Dog Has His Day And as a Georgia Bulldogs fan I have to throw that song on About once a year When we lose the big game And remind myself <laughs> That even though I was young And barely in high school We did have our day Back in 2007 or so In 1980 And um, but he, uh, he sings a song called, this is the first dance that means a lot to me. And, uh, he's got a bunch of them. I mean, he's got this song called the wreckage that just, you can tell when you listen to his early albums, um, he probably went through a lot and was honest about it. And even though I probably didn't have the same issues as a young Marine, all those songs really connected with me.
0: You know, that's, I think it's cool, this podcast, because people are going to hear about you know certain writers they never thought about or never heard of before, they go, they should go look them up, you know, because if you and yeah. I don't get much of them, it's
1: worth checking them out. Uh, say his name one more time his name is Corey Smith. Corey and, Smith, uh, all right, he and he's he's active on social media. So, the reason why Corey is a little controversial is he kind of came around with the kind of Brantley Gilbert, Zach Brown, and that whole Georgia kind of wave into country music. But he would not sign as a writer with anybody. It's either he's singing the songs or nobody is. And um, and so, you know, there's a good and bad to that, but I know his songs. I had Corey Smith songs on my first iPod. And, uh, and if you come to Georgia, we know who Corey Smith is.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm going to go dig into his catalog too after hearing that. Yeah, that that guy that's dedicated to his craft. Nobody's singing it unless I'm singing it. There you go. That's it.
1: <laughs> so,
0: uh, my, my, uh, my number three, th- this guy wrote what pretty much everybody in country music would say is the greatest country song ever written. So you go, well, why is he not number one? Well, because he's got a few of these songs. This is This is the greatest ever written but it wasn't the volume of some of the other guys I'm gonna bring up, but Bobby Braddock. So Bobby Braddock, uh, B-R-A-D-D-O-C-K, not an artist. If you ever met Bobby Braddock, you would swear that it, he might have a screw loose. Like you would think that he's so brilliant and thinks on such a different level. Uh, it's, almost, it's almost hard to, to write a song with him. He doesn't do a lot of co-writing or anything like that. But brother, he wrote, he stopped loving her today for George. <laughs> I don't know if you think that's the greatest country song ever written. I do. I, I think most artists you'd ever ask, if you said, "What's the greatest country song ever written?" they'd say, "George Jones, he stopped loving her today." Uh, Bobby Braddock, man, I mean that that song still today. When you hear that, like we say in Texas, it'll bring a tear to a glass eye. That song would, you know. <laughs> First, I, I mean, it makes it takes sad country music. To the ultimate level and I guess you know that song pretty well right
1: I know that song inside now so George I'm a Jones and George Jones was my pet favorite artist I got to see the possum in vision Forge Tennessee at uh, I believe it was at Dollywood actually and he was a like solid hour and 30 minutes late which if I think by that point he did it on purpose yeah. um but that song I remember I was just having this conversations like that song was I knew it was either build the greatest or second greatest country music song ever and I remember being a kid when like Rolling Stone put the list out and it's like I know that song I love that song but it's just so you know there's a reveal in the song you don't know the whole story right away and it just really you know what more love is it than that Than loving somebody you don't have to and loving somebody even when it isn't returned and and doing it kind of through your whole life that's just a I don't know how you get away, you know, you I mean, stopped loving her today.
0: When it says at the end, uh, uh, this time he's over her for good. Yeah. Yeah, when you're looking at him in a casket. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. for good, yeah, he certainly is. Meaning he had to die to get over her, right? I mean. That's it. Said i love you till I die. So I have, if you want a little story, you need to come see my house, come hang out with me one time in Nashville when you come through. But when you walk through my front door, The very first thing hanging on the wall is a handwritten lyric of He Stopped Loving Her Today uh, that Bobby Braddock wrote out for me and signed it. And then George Jones used to come to my house all the time uh, in the mid-2000s before he passed away, and he signed it too. So to me as a songwriter, like I said earlier, I keep the greatest of all time hanging on the wall. That way you know there's always another level you can get to because you're never going to beat that. I think it's important to remind yourself of that. You know, you could say, well, I'm pretty good compared to who's out right now. Or are you pretty, <laughs> the greatest of all time? The answer will always be, no, I'm not. Keep working. You know, it's inspiring to see that lyric hanging on the wall. The countdown continues
1: after this. Jason in the house, the Jason Chaffetz podcast dive deeper than the headlines and the
0: party lines. As I take on American life, politics and entertainment, subscribe
1: now on Foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.
0: Number two, we're at number two, man. We're getting hot now.
1: Yeah. You know, I struggled on this. Like I said, I struggled ranking these a little bit. Um, and I struggled trying to go outside of country music uh, for no other reason than that there have been a lot of musicians and artists that were important to me. I looked at Eminem. I mean, that guy's probably one of the best lyricists ever. I probably, In my opinion, the best. Like, I listen to his rapping, and it's like, man, that dude just told a whole story in three lines, and there's five ways to look at it. Look at Lil Wayne. He kind of does the same thing. But then I went back to my roots, and I found this fellow named Brian Wilson. little band called the beach boys and uh and a little song called uh 409 it was that was a pretty cool song for me i grew up in a dirt track racing family in my very first cd actually i bought two at one time one was mariah carey and the other one was uh the beach boys so you (laughs) got to give brian wilson some love here
0: oh and honestly his arrangements you know he goes down not only as a great songwriter but a producer arranger i mean those if you're not a musician and you're just listening to it, you go, why does this music feel like it's lifting me up off the ground every other, every other minute? Because the way he built those tracks and moved those chords and melodies around, it does. It feels like you're flying on the wind to listen
1: to the beach boys. If, if you can get a good old country boy to jam, to surf music with (laughs) like, I'll never surf, never have, don't know anything about it, but I love it. Like, that's pretty cool.
0: So I've got two sons. They're nine and 11. And, uh, One day, I was messing with him, I went, Aruba, Jamaica, Oh, I wanna take you to Bermuda, Bahama. And my my oldest son looks at me, and goes, stop making up stupid songs. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, nobody, that's not a real song. I go, yes, it is, it's Beach Boys. He goes, who's that? So I go on YouTube and look up, you know, uh, that song, and now they've watched it like 100 times in a row, and they're playing it for all their friends, you know. They said, that's actually a cool song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, no problem. Bring it music, man. You know, isn't it something about America? You know, the the freedom of America that I think the independent nature of Americans in general, we're built to be independent thinkers. There's a lot of people in our country that don't want us to be independent thinkers. They want us to be collective thinkers, but collective thinkers did not write songs like the Beach Boys or all these other people we're talking about that. The spirit of an independent songwriter to me is a mirror of the American spirit. It, it's a manifestation of the American spirit that comes out in this music. And, um, you know, whether it's rappers, rockers, country boys, it doesn't matter. The really great stuff. I mean, that that's unique. It's called artists, right? And, you know, art the very definition of art means it's not duplicated, it's not redundant, it's not repetitive with anything else. It's a standalone piece. That's what makes it art, you know? And I, I just, as an, uh, as an American songwriter myself, I can't imagine the amount of creative energy around the world and, and all these human beings that don't have the right to express themselves through their art. You know, America, we invented rock and roll. We we invented country music. We came with all that stuff that the rest of the world then chased it. So uh, I think if it hadn't been for America and, and freedom-loving people, a lot of this music would have never been created. What do you think about that?
1: I love the fact that you just connected in such an amazing way. The idea that our unique freedom is probably... 100% responsible for our unique impact in the arts and the fact that we created the music that people come from every other continent to America to learn and be involved in. I mean, last time I was in Nashville, I sat in on a songwriter roundtable or, or whatever you call it, because I'm not very mu- musical. You know, there was a guy there from um, from Scotland. And you know, he's singing country music, and he came here to sing country music because this is where you sing country music. And uh, and the fact that our freedom might be the reason for that—that's pretty impactful stuff, there, man.
0: I think our freedom is the reason, you know, and and that's to me it's synonymous, you know, and and uh yeah, it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Number two for me has got to be Merle Haggard. Yeah. Uh, you know, they called him. Um, you know, the working man's poet. That's his title. So Merle, you're talking about a guy who grew up in Redding, North, you know, Northern California. Um, you know, coming into Nashville as really a, an outsider. I mean, Californians coming into Nashville to sing country music. Grand Ole Opry was like, you know, get this guy out of here. He'd had a rap sheet. He'd been in trouble. You know, he was rough. But he's he's the prime example of in country music what music and what artists can go decades and decades and decades it's never the artists that play the game artists that i've compared artists and singers like this i say you know what a sidewinder snake is and you've ever seen a sidewinder snake crawling through the sand and it's going left and right and left and right and left and right well singers they chase the tail of that sidewinder. If it goes right, they chase it right. It swings back the the way they keep chasing. It. They follow yeah. the trends. But an artist like a Merle Haggard, he does not care what the industry says is popular or what's going to get him on TV. He's just going to write what Merle Haggard's going to write. And if it's popular at the time, then it's a hit. And if it's not popular at the time, nobody's going to hear it. And it doesn't change him from what he's yeah. going to do. Artists cut straight lines. And that's what Merle Haggard did. So... You know, Okie from Muskogee, he was calling stuff out in this country, walking on the fighting side of me when you're talking about my country, son. You're walking on the fighting side of me. The question is, would Merle Haggard be canceled from country radio today if he was putting out songs like that?
1: Well, I I don't know. Would he? Would we let him? I don't know. I mean, you're seeing it happen now. I mean, like even in your own career, uh, you know, young fellow that just got himself in trouble and it's like, there's no room for error in your personal life. So is there any room for error in the, or not error, but any room to step outside the line in your professional life? Let me tell you, maybe he would get canceled, but maybe the American people wouldn't let it happen. I mean, this is what I'll tell you. is a guy who went and fought a war, you'd put on fight inside of me, and it's like, man, that gives me cold chills now. There's two songs that give me cold chills with my personal experience like that, and it's Johnny Cash, Ragged Old Flag, And fight inside of me. Those two songs are so relevant today as they are the day they were written. And it's pretty amazing that they still stand that test of time. Number.
0: Number. Number. Number
1: one. Five, four, three, three. Number
0: one. All right, well, are we at number one now? I think this is the grand finale, brother.
1: It is, it is. I know who mine is, but I almost want you to go first because I'm – What if we say the same name? Well, that's what I'm hoping for. Then I know I did it right. If I can pick the same number one as John Rich, I know I know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> go ahead. What's your number one?
1: All right, drum roll. My number one is the red-headed stranger himself, Willie Nelson. That's my number one. Um... I
0: love it. <laughs> I, did not, I, I didn't have Willie, but he was – it's like how do you make this list, Right. Will said him because I have a different one. You'll be glad I said who I said. Go. Why is it Willie Nelson number one?
1: Here's why the Willie Nelson catalog is as big as you got time to read. I mean, the songs are abundant, but the songs are impactful. They, you know, arguably inspired the, the, the movement of the Outlaw Men. But probably most importantly, why I picked Willie Nelson. Is that if you can be Willie Nelson and write a song called "Crazy" and have Patsy Cline make that song famous, you get it. Like you know what you're doing as a songwriter, and I think that's just a really impressive thing. From the day I learned that fact, I was impressed. And um, and then you go back and and listen to all of Willie's songs that Willie wrote, and it's just I don't know. I mean, like, it, is he as relevant today as he was the day? We learned who he was, probably, and that's a pretty important thing, too.
0: I would say even more relevant because anybody that can go up into their late 80s and still be doing it at that level is nothing short of inspiring. And and Willie Nelson, when he was writing songs like Crazy, he's living in the back of a station wagon. Yeah. Didn't have a place to live. He's basically a homeless guy.
1: A little nerdy looking Uh, guy back then, too, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, when, he, when Willie came out, uh, you know, Nashville told Willie Nelson, you're not country, you have no place here. They, they, they thought he was like a jazz guy because he played all the licks on the guitar and he had this, you know, voice. You're a jazz guy, you're not country. And nobody would give him the time of day in Nashville as an artist, so he goes back to Austin and records Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Yeah. Nashville had nothing to do with that record. And then that record blows up and Nashville went, oh, maybe we do need to be nice to Willie Nelson, you know, and then the, <laughs> the braids and, you know, he's a, he's a guy that really loves our country and he's got different ideas than I do on a few things, but so what? I love Willie Nelson. Exactly. He, he's, he loves this country. You remember the red, white, and blue, uh, uh, headband and, and the wristbands <laughs> and the whole thing. I mean, talk about iconic, man. Great pick for number one.
1: Uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad I got your approval on that one. I was oh, nervous.
0: You can't go wrong with Willie. All right. So my my number one is a, is a man uh who I believe said more with with fewer words than anybody that ever wrote a song. Johnny Cash.
1: <laughs> I know that, you're probably thinking,
0: yeah. I knew it. I knew it's gonna say Johnny Cash.
1: Yeah, it, it was Johnny or Hank. I figured it had to be one of the two because that makes sense. And the truth is the truth, man. You can't argue yeah. with that.
0: Johnny Cash. So, I, so listen, I, I revere him so much that I named my first son Cash, meaning my son's name is Cash Rich. Try that one. <laughs> one. Huh? I told my son, I said, you're never going to have trouble meeting a girl, son. It's always he goes, tell him your name's Cash Rich and have your ID handy because they're not going <laughs> to So Johnny Cash, um, again, you have to come visit me in Nashville because right next to that George Jones lyric I I have hanging on the wall, I have a collection of letters written to Johnny Cash. So I've got Gene Autry and Carl Perkins and Billy Graham and I mean, on and on, people that wrote letters to him. And when you write out the lyrics to a Johnny Cash song, which I've done from time to time, it only takes up about a third of a page. There's no paper. There's hardly any any pencil lead at all that you use. But then you realize the amount of information he's putting across in these very very few words. It's it's the most impact per square inch of lyric I believe anybody ever had. Is Johnny Cash. I mean, when you think about, I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. <laughs> I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the ties that bind because you're yeah. mine. I walk the line. Yeah. I mean, that's a movie. I mean, you could make, an, you could make a two-hour feature film just on
1: that. And you're exactly right. Or just the, like, does your hair not stand up, you know, with, I hear that train of coming. Like, just saying that, and it's like, right. I know what's coming. Like, I know what's coming, and this is going to be fantastic. I a fan in Reno <laughs> just to watch him die yeah yeah
0: come on now that would not get played on country radio today (laughs) that cocaine blues i mean one thing about i think about true artists and true songwriters is they they write whatever it is that's the total absolute bone-chilling truth about themselves personally so johnny cash was an absolute maniac when he came to nashville you know they said He'll never play the Grand Ole Opry. We don't know what that is, but it's sex, drugs, rock and roll and killing people. And we got no time for Johnny Cash. That ain't country. And they they told him to get out of here. He, he got dropped from his record label in the late 1980s. I mean, who drops Johnny Cash? <laughs> if, that, that, if that was ever a comment on does the industry know uh, the right call or what's really up, the answer is no, they don't. The artists always dictate to the industry. The real artists always dictate yeah. to the industry. So he's the king in my book, Johnny Cash, God God rest his soul. I can't wait to pick a guitar with him on the golden streets one of these days.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this with me. To get to sit here and discuss songwriters with a songwriter, a, a I mean, somebody that I've known as a fan for years and now I get to work with you here at Fox a little bit and to do stuff like this this was a little bit of a fanboy moment for me don't tell anybody don't don't embarrass me but uh listen man thanks this was a lot of fun everybody we mentioned everybody you mentioned I'm going to go look some folks up all right well thank you to everyone for listening this was a lot of fun for me if you can't tell And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five. You've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network.